This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's Friday night, and at the end of a three-game week-ish, Cantown keep the momentum going in the Matt Holland Derby. This is the Blue Monday podcast. Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast discussing Ipswich Town up or down since 2015. I'm Rich Woodard and you're listening to the pre-match show brought to you in partnership with our friends at the Greyhound Pub in Ipswich. We're available every week on YouTube video and podcast audio. And we are live, so we want to hear from you. We are, we see you in the comments. We want to hear from you. We want predictions. We want lineups. We want anything else that you want to chat about all things Ipswich Town. And joining me with his expert eyes cast on Charlton, Seb Brown. He's shaking his head. Come on. Give I've, yourself I've, a boost, mate. You'd... I've had an easy week, to be fair. I must, I must take my hat off and doff my cap to FPL Tractor, who I think is his partner. He's a Charlton fan. And last year, he got in touch and said, do you want a bit of help with the, the Charlton research? And I jumped on it and said, yeah, that'd be amazing. And he very kindly offered... Him. He, did, he very kindly offered this uh, this season as well. So uh, a huge, huge thank you to FBL Tractor. My my workload was pretty much half this week, so it was quite nice. Oh, so you've, I mean... You... So if it's right, I researched that part. If it's yes. wrong, everyone blame FBL Tractor. F- Who is in the comments, so... Hashtag blame FBL Tractor. Yeah, we'll say, <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll say good evening to Charlie. Um, evening to Michael. Good morning from a muggy, muggy Brisbane. 22 degrees at 5 a.m. Low 30s today for you crowded around a heater in the uk it's, it's warm it's weirdly it's warm here even it's up muggy north, here it's muggy. yeah it's like 15 degrees i'm in a t-shirt and shorts it's weird crazy um and there you go charlie d saying exactly that um evening to fbl tractor there he is he has announced his presence feel free fbl tractor to correct seb as we go if he veers of course we're relying on you evening to mullet good to have you with us our friend from port vale mw evening to you evening to tim um, good to have you with us, Gary, as well. Um, evening to you, Jules is back. Evening, Rich, Seb, and everyone Upper FPL. That's what we want. And hashtag, bla- oh, this is just a blame game tonight. Come on, folks, take some responsibility. That's what we want. Talking of um, taking responsibility, Seb, um, I have no idea where I'm going with the segue, but it seemed to go quite well when I when I said it. Um, I took responsibility to write the the intro. I'm going nowhere with this. I have no idea. Go with it. Go with it. Um, the Matt Holland derby. I was wondering who is... you're gonna who you're gonna go for because there are so yeah. many players. Well, you that's picked. that's where I was gonna go to next. So, what would you describe this as? This the Scott the Fraser Haynes derby, surely, isn't derby. It? Yeah, he's on Cocoms. Um, he is. He is, Isn't yeah. he? Yeah. So keep a lookout for some Danny Haynes match footage um, on the official feeds. Um, yeah, I've helped them out there with some bits and pieces there, so that should be exciting. Danny Haynes, Herman Horidison, Darren Bent, Darren Ambrose. Marcus Bent. Marcus Bent, there you go. Any others, get him in the comments. Uh, we mentioned Scott Fraser. We'll talk more about him. I've, I've anyone, who's, love. anyone who's listened to this podcast for a while, for a year or so, at least we'll know that, um, yeah, it's uh, Scott Fraser is, I've got some, I was going to say some guy love for, for Scott Fraser, but I admire him. Let's, let's put it that way. So, yeah, if you've got any other Charlton X, Charlton Ipswich players in there, Matt Holland, I think, is probably the most notable. Captain both, didn't he? So, um, and we always need to, oh, Kevin Nisby, there's another one. 
that's just gone off the top of my head as well. Yeah, uh, I th- there was that period, Seb, where that we had a good rivalry with Charlton, didn't we? A couple of was it well, just we, one playoff game, wasn't it? We yeah. were kind of the both the poster boys, weren't we? So to speak, we were the well run, well run clubs. Yeah, yeah, who you know did the right things and sold players to invest and develop players and sold them on and both got ourselves into the Premier League. And we were kind of the you know the poster boys for sustainability and the the model of how things should be done. We had you know both had kind of responsible chairmen that backed their owners heavily and were loyal to them no matter what what was going on. And yeah, well, I guess us with Evans and then with their previous owners, that's completely changed now. We both find ourselves in a in a league we, we shouldn't really be in. Let's be honest the third division yeah as harry from bath always used to say one of my one of the most profound bits of you know harry made made quite a lot of profound comments but owners relegate clubs is really up there isn't it um mullet's got one for us there mark fish i missed that one the mark fish derby yeah half of game of football for us isn't it um but anyway evening to um evening to marty all ready for beers on the train to london yeah you and a lot of other town fans will be enjoying that one. Um, Craig's with us. Ciao, Craig from Rome. Are you still in Rome or are you in an airport somewhere, Craig? I think Jet he's setter. jetting back for it. I think he's jetting back for the game, isn't it? So, yeah, he's going, I think, yeah. Um, we've got the Bents from FBL Tractor. Michael Warner, is <laughs> is this the Kerbishly? Yeah, that's what he should have done. He's moving that, into Woodbridge, Michael. That was, Woodbridge. Yeah, you missed the trip. Yeah. And there you go. Mark Fish came from Charlton. Um, Kevin Isby. And Sully is with us as well. Evening to Sully. Um, I can't make any commitments on behalf of our colleague, Harry. Um, but hopefully, you never know one day. Um, let's go through the news, Seb. We can draw people's attention, as we mentioned very briefly, to the midweek show with Mikey, um, Dave, and your good self, talking mostly about Port Vale. Um, I, I very much enjoyed driving back from work in the Midlands um, to that one. Um, and yeah, I think... As you guys said, it was a kind of game which we probably would have folded in previous years. So good to come away with the points. Um, and that pitch. Yeah, Mikey really struggled to articulate what I had said, which was basically you could rotate the pitch 90 degrees and it would still fit. That was kind of, that was where I was at. But we'll talk about Ipswich, obviously, as as, as our form and, and going into the chart game, um, Port Vale, the effect it has. Are you slightly wary that that pitch, that big pitch, might have dragged, you know, we might have been a bit knackered after Tuesday night? Reduce, reduce the energy levels. Yeah, potentially. I mean, we, we are kind of not down to the bare bones. We've got obviously got a very, very talented squad. But, you know, I think McKenna's kind of almost hinted at it today that, you know, he's looking forward to a, a week of training. And I guess we've got, now got a bit of a chance with the Bracknell game being, what, eight, eight, nine days later to get some people back on the grass. Kamara's played an under-21 game either today, didn't he? I don't know, I don't know how long he played in the game for. So, He's building up a bit of fitness, Burgess, obviously. But he did kind of say, didn't he, we've kind of got people like Burgess and Kamara back earlier than we would have liked. So the squad is kind of, you know, looking a little bit thin in, in, in certain areas, which sounds crazy given the talent we've got <laughs> at our disposal. But that was a big old pitch. And it was a tough game, wasn't it, on, um, uh, on, on Tuesday night. You know, at the end of it, several players looked absolutely out on their feet. And several players had to play that haven't featured a lot recently, like Dominic Ball. So he's got to, you know, look to, look to go again after a three, three four-day kind of break. So, yeah, hopefully we can get ourselves across the line this one McKenna doing what McKenna does I'm sure there'll be some rotation which will probably catch us all out of the blue obviously we've got players that, that will, will probably come in uh, unexpectedly and, and, that, and that will help with the, with the fitness issues but then we can have this bit of a break can't we only we've had this crazy October was it seven seven games I think and so far we're on track I think to win six and uh, sorry we've won five we've, we've lost the one obviously to uh, uh, lost the one to, to Lincoln but if we can finish tomorrow off with a with a bang and we've only got two games haven't we in November it's Cheltenham at home the, the, the live show game and Exeter Ooh, away. Tell us about that, Sid, very briefly. What's after the, uh, after the Cheltenham game? Portman Road, the Sir Bobby Robson suite. Get yourselves down there, 7.30 for, for an 8pm start till about 10 o'clock at night. We've got some quizzes. We've got some special guests lined up. We've got some surprises. Um, ticket sales are going well. We had a spike at the start and they've, they've remained solid. So get yourselves to bluemondayitfc.co.uk for all the details and pick up your tickets there and uh, hopefully see as many of you as we can for some beers and some general itfc chats yeah but we've got these two easy kind of easy-ish hopefully kind of games coming in in november so one last big hurrah tomorrow hopefully and then we can like look to get some of the walking wounded back yeah it was an interesting point um from michael here um he was he observed the the point about players um having cramp and so on i do quite like the idea that it was dark arts michael i thought 
Leif Davis was doing some really excellent S-housery, particularly letting they were throwing the ball back to us weren't they for throw-ins and he let he i think it was him who let the ball hit him and then yeah a little bit of you know panto around that i quite like that idea michael i hope that's the case but it did it was a bit of a slog um so we'll see we'll see how it manifests in in the lineups for tomorrow and you know morsey will come straight back in that's useful for us isn't it so yeah it will be um who else features there in terms of the, the midfield situation seb give us your reaction so the news that Lee Evans is out for a period of weeks is the official quote, isn't it? Yeah, frustrating, isn't it? You know, I think a few of us kind of feared the worst when he went off. And it was it was worrying because the one he got last year, I can't remember who it was against, but that was kind of a bit innocuous as well, if I remember correctly. He kind of went off February time and we didn't see him for the rest of the season. This one sounds like it's not as bad. I think, is, is it medial ligament damage to his knee? So McKenna's come out and said he'll have a brace for a, a few weeks. And then obviously he'll look to come back into it, but he's now going to be out till, I'd imagine, till probably the new year by the time he's got some under-21s games under his belt and gets back to full fitness. And it's a, it's a shame because he's been playing so well. You know, if you had a player of the season vote tomorrow, he's probably going to be in the top two three I would suggest you know he's we all kind of figured it would be Dominic Ball and Sam Morsey in the summer doing the you know the destructive and the the box-to-box and the energy from midfield but he you know his range of passing has has proved a really really useful weapon in this first third of the season so it is a big big blow but that's why you have a squad and you know Dominic Ball has now got his chance to kind of show what he can do he'll now get a run for the next six eight weeks maybe and um, hopefully he can use that championship experience I mean you know what a player we're we're bringing in you know no disrespect but in, in the past last year we're lining up with Tyreek Backinson and Tom Carroll in central midfield you know now Lee Evans drops out and we can bring in someone like Dominic Ball who's, who's played you know a, a high level in the championship so a great great deputy to come in and it's up to him now to make the uh, make the shirt his own but it is it is a shame for Evans and, and a shame for the side because he, he was playing really well on that that big switch that range of passing out to the wingers and the fullbacks was such a great great weapon. Yeah, I, I had a chat with Gab Sutton a few weeks back and described Evans as the most underrated player in League One right now. Um, so there, there's high praise for him right there f- from yours truly. But yeah, that probably means the world to him. To be fair, more yeah, than any I, kind I, of player of the month award. I nothing. think he might have written that down and put it on his wall somewhere. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, not my um, words, the words of Richard Woodward. I must there. I must remember to thank him. Um, uh, Michael, with Evans out, Wolfie will have to step up and out with the big crossfield ball. Yeah, it's a useful weapon, as you say there, Seb, and, and Michael as well. So it'll be interesting to see how we deal with that. But great to have Cameron Humphreys as kind of the third choice now as well. So, um, Jules, we will come back to your point when we um, when we finished talking about Charlton. But it feels like Morsey will be the first name on the team sheet, at least in midfield. And then we'll debate who goes with him. But we want to hear from you guys as well. So get your thoughts in the chat as well. We will definitely come back to that one. And as Charlie said, much better at those dark arts now. It was really great to see Christian Walton taking so long with his goal kicks. As, as a as a member of the North Stand lower, so many weeks I get frustrated with that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, Charlie, very much agree with you there. Um, becoming a bit more streetwise, aren't we? We've said it for years, haven't we? We have a, a soft underbelly and we're not streetwise. And hopefully now we're starting to see that change a little bit. It is to David. Great to have you with us, and Mark as well. Um, have we got any quotes from um, from Mark that we can lob in? You were quoting him left, right, and centre in the midweek show. I think it was Mikey. So, um, any wi- um, wisdom from Mark Bet that we can glean from the Telegram group? We'll try and get that in there, Mark. But great to have you with us. Uh, in terms of other bits and pieces of news, um, there is something about Tom Brady which I don't really understand, and I look at Seb and his yeah. That's the kind of face that I usually see when I ask Probably one question. Joe's an NFL Thanks, mate. Uh, yeah. Joe's an NFL fan. Maybe he can elaborate. Yeah, on so I think we'll save that one until Sunday. Um, or if you know in the chat, by all means, if you're an NFL fan in the chat, please explain it to us simple folk who don't really simple folk what it who, is. Yeah. I, NFL just as part like, we've tried really hard. I remember you and I tried to watch the Super Bowl a few times, and I just can't, I just can't get into it. So if, if you're an NFL fan in the chat, um, let us know, enlighten us a little bit. Um, but uh, yeah, um, here's Mullet with his expert opinion. Um, flogging supplements and diet plans. There you go. I'm sure it's about fitness and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, a great thing. And I think we're the first football club to link up with him. So yeah, the guys will talk about that with more with more expertness. Is that, is that a word? Expertness, whatever. <laughs> professionalism. Yeah, definitely more professionalism than right now. So um, we'll come back to that on, on, on Sunday. Um, and finally, um, a sad bit of news. Um, the club announced um, the passing of um, supporters club chairman Martin Swallow earlier on. So everyone 
I'm sure on the, in um, listening and watching and obviously all of our pod team as well um, send um, our condolences to his family and obviously anyone who um, commits their their spare time to try and improve um, the the life of supporters at Ipswich Town um, definitely you know, is someone that um, we, we need to cherish and um, we need to thank him for all of all of his years of hard work. So um, our condolences to his family and um, yeah, um, all everyone sends their best wishes to, to his family. Um, let's move on to, to Charlton, Seb. Um, and everything was going quite well for Charlton. There was a nice little upward trajectory. That's my one of my favourite words a few weeks back. And then along came Milton Keynes midweek and surprised everything. But Remind everyone where Charlton find themselves, apart from in the third division with us. <laughs> yeah, currently find themselves eighth in the league with 22 points, played 16, won five, drawn seven, lost four, scored 23 goals and conceded 19. They're in decent form recently, Tuesday night kind of aside. They've, oh, thank you, David. As thank always, you, you're an absolute star. Thank legend. you. Uh, of the last five games, one three, drawn one and lost one. Obviously, the one nil, uh, the two nil defeat on Tuesday night was the was the game they've lost. They are very strong at the Valley up until Tuesday night. That was their first defeat so far of the season. They've taken fifteen points from the eight games they've played at the Valley so far. They've won four of them, drawn three, and lost that one against MK on Tuesday. They've scored sixteen goals in the eight games, averaging two goals a game at home, and only conceded eight. So, averaging obviously one goal conceded at home. Uh, however, they are they are pretty poor away from home, which is why they find themselves, you know, currently in eighth. They've only got seven points from the eight games and only one win with seven goals scored on the road. So their kind of success is very much built on this home form at the Valley, which up until Tuesday night was pretty imperious. Yeah, Mark, here's Mark. Um, MK winning with a penalty that was outside the box. And that was really blat- it was really blatant, though, that penalty. I mean, it, was, it wasn't even like it was close. I saw Garner's, the, the manager, I saw his comments about it earlier. So I, I had a look at it. And yeah, I, I, I thought that was really obvious. It seemed a really bad error to me, but yeah. We need VAR. I mean, we need, like, League One, uh, the professional league should have goal line technology at the very least. The fact we don't have goal line technology is something that really winds me up. But yeah, well, we had it in the championship, didn't we? Because our squad is good enough. But I guess yeah. even though we can have it, I'm guessing it has to be universal throughout the whole league. That's yeah. why we can't have it because a lot of grounds have tin pot lights. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Yeah, a um, lot of people helping out with the. Craig has mentioned that we'll sort out um, Tom Brady stuff, but Charlie's um, a personal trainer. Charlie, I think we need to get your number and maybe you can give us a discounted amount because there's definitely some lockdown timber that's not been shifted by me. So. Um, it won't be groundbreaking, he says, but will be good for club exposure and may have some minimal benefits to strength and conditioning of players. There you go. Okay. So thank Marginal you for games. that, Charlie. Yeah, my, it's all about the... My, they all add up, Seb. They all add yep. up. Um, but yeah, to Mark's point, I, I think MK were okay at last um, on Tuesday. I don't think it was a kind of a smash and grab. I wonder whether there was a... I did watch the highlights and I think MK at the bar had quite a few chances, mainly from around the edge of the penalty area. Um I think Moesa came back for them as well, so that maybe gave them a boost. But it might have been one of those, similar to Lincoln, Seb, where maybe we go into the game with a little bit of complacency. It seemed towards, you know, MK certainly nearer the bottom of the league than than Lincoln were. But maybe home advantage, you kind of think, well, we just have to turn up. And maybe that was a little bit of, um, maybe a little bit of complacency creeped complacency. in. But that'll have, that'll have been chocked out of their system, won't it? So it'll be, um, it'll be a tough one. Talk to us about... Oh, remind us about last the, season of the Valley. What a, I, yeah. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, I think that was the lowest point of last season for me. That I'm not sure. When was worse? When so was the re- worse? so I think the game was crap, but the legacy of that game was Wolfenden back in the team and that three yeah. at the back system that McKenna inherited from John McGrill. So he didn't that, he didn't play that night though. He played it the Sunderland game, the one after. Did he not play Wolfenden that? I think I he thought, played Wolfenden, but he didn't he didn't he didn't switch to the back three until the Sunderland I thought game, he did, did he? I thought he did. Correct yeah, us okay. in the comments because uh, because okay. we looked pretty, un, yeah, it looked unfamiliar, didn't it? And that was my recollection. I mean, yeah, crap game, and we were yeah. well beaten, but but the, because of the 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 passing of the torch and and or at least establishing some stuff that um, McKenna then utilised, I thought was positive. And Charlie D, I think, is is going to beat you here, Barrow. Yeah. But that, but, but, but that, that, you know, we always lose to lower league sides in the FA Cup. So <laughs> that one to me wasn't quite as bad. I think it was so bad because of the the, the, the scenes at the final whistle as well. Do you remember, we, we lost 2-0 for those that are struggling to remember. It was, uh, I think it was December. It's John McGreal's first game just after Paul Cook has left. Yeah, I thought it was. Um, just after Paul Cook has, Thanks, has, has left the club. We lose uh, We lose 2-0. Uh, Jaden Stockley and Alex Gilby score the goals. Walton. Was it only 2-0? Right. 
it was only it should have been about five. It I remember. felt like it was a three or yeah. a four, wasn't it? Walton really kept them at bay. And then at full time, we have these horrible scenes of NCR challenging the fans. And I think somebody got on the pitch and pushed Walton, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And it was just a really horrible time. You know, we were six months into the season at that point. We have all the optimism from the summer with Evans going, game changer coming in and the 19 new arrivals. And to me, that just felt like rock bottom last year because it was back to how it was the year before, two years before that, three years before that. But but like you said, you know, to, to, to quote Batman, the, the night is always darkest before the dawn. And whatever it is, a few a few days later, McKenna joins. We we employ the three five two system and we we haven't looked back. But for me, that was a really, really dark, a dark period of last year. However, the, the Portman Road game was much, whoa, much whoa, better. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Which what? Batman quote? is that from it's from the Which, dark night isn't it is it yeah it's the one with harvey with um the guy who's got half a face yeah two face and and that's does one, batman yeah, say it than, that's better than half a face just don't pretend that you're not a nerd i know you're a nerd and <laughs> and and harvey dent says that not batman as well so i've out nerds you there i was gonna um, i was gonna make you do the batman voice like the lego batman but it's not even batman who says it so there you go uh, sorry guys keep going seb Thanks for correcting me there. The uh, the Portman Road return game was so much better. It was the last game of the season, the 4-0 win. Uh, Tyreek Backinson scored with a, a decent goal, wasn't it? It was like a curler long ranger from mm-hmm. the edge of the uh, edge of the box. Wes Burns gets a couple, and obviously Mr. Norwood signs off 24 hours after it's been announced. He's leaving Assist for Humphreys. Lovely through ball, wasn't it? Yeah, took it in his stride first time, Norwood, and, and rolled it home and celebrates with the North Stand. So a much better kind of return return game and an important one as well because up until that point we'd had a few dodgy weeks hadn't we once those playoffs were out of reach i was at crew and it was a it was a one all and pretty mm. poor and shrewsbury was a one all and again pretty poor so that that four nil kind of lifted us and and kind of galvanized us a little bit going into the summer so a much better return but the the game at the valley was certainly a bit of a shocker yeah um welcome uh, Romeo, I'm, I'm afraid we started without you and, and a little mark has gone against your name in the register, but great to have you with us nevertheless. Um, Kian's back. Um, hard to forget on the old um, 352. Cook was obsessed with the 451. Yeah, I mean, all of that stuff this time last year feels so long ago, doesn't it? Such a such a chalk and cheese kind of situation with the regimes there. Yeah. Charlie had forgotten about the, um, the NCR thing. FBL, yeah, Walton, as always, sensational. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there you go. Um, there you go. Danassian forced to play left back. He was and not yeah, having think... a great evening. Yeah, that remains. That was about... the right back, and Danassian went left back. Yeah, and we just got torn to pieces. Talk to us about Ben Garner. We mentioned last time out the defeat to MK Dons, but um, a bit of a, a kind of a, quite a big regime change there. Johnny Jackson was in charge for that four 0 defeat, and I think a little bit of a surprise that he was um sacked so quickly into preseason having only really joined them i think part way through last season um ben garner obviously um had had relative success at swindon although couldn't get them out up through the playoffs and he's taken some players with him as well but talk to us about him um not maybe a name that's too familiar from for fripsish fans no, only 42 years old. So, you know, pretty young in terms of managerial pedigree. He's been in charge for 16 games. He was appointed in June, been in charge for the 16 league games, won five, drawn seven, lost four, which is 1.38 points per game, which gets you to about 62, 63, I think, across a 46-game season. He's moved around a little bit and he's worked under quite a few kind of well-known names. He's, he's certainly gone out and kind of cut his teeth, so to speak. He started in the Crystal Palace Youth Academy. And he gets promoted there to become a first-team coach under Ian Holloway um, in two, sort of 2012 right. to 2015. Uh, he then goes to, uh, to, to West Brom where he's a first team coach and then an assistant manager under Tony Pulis this was the weirdest move that's a different style of play to Lennon isn't it very yeah he then goes to India where he becomes the assistant manager at ATK in the Indian Super League under Steve Koppel so you've gone from Tony P- you had Tony Pulis you've had Steve Koppel and you've had Ian Holloway so you know all, all kind of different characters he then comes back and gets his first kind of proper gig so to speak at Bristol Rovers he takes over in December 2019 the the, the start or halfway through the the covid curtailed season but he doesn't last a year he's gone in November 2020 obviously they got relegated the, the second year the, the year behind closed doors and then he replaces a certain Mr. McGreal at um, mm. both John McGreal and Rene Gilmartin didn't they? they went to Swindon for all of was it a month was it three weeks or something like that, yeah yeah they resigned they can't do it they've only got seven senior players at the time and Ben Garner thinks well I'll um you know I'll, I'll, I'll give this a go and he does really well doesn't he you know he they have some new ownership issues and he brings in Tyree Simpson who bangs in loads of goals for half a season before we recall him and he gets Swindon to finish sixth they lose in the playoffs they lose to Tuesday night's opponents Port Vale on penalties I think it was 6-5 I think they won the first leg and lost the second leg or vice versa and they lost on penalties in the in the semi-final stage obviously he's then 
on the uh, on the on the radar of the bigger clubs. And Charlton, surprisingly, like you said, you know, Johnny Jackson was a bit of a Charlton kind of legend, wasn't he? Club captain, and you know, seemed to have been there forever and did okay last year. They finished thirteenth. This weird rolling contract for, for seemingly forever, and then he as did, soon yeah. as they gave him the job, the it became rubbish. Turned, didn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it became rubbish. It was a Jimmy Bullard special. It was amazing <laughs> when there was no yeah when there was no pressure, and as soon as that contract was signed, he became pretty poor. So, yep, he's uh, he he obviously got the gig from from Swindon and, and, and brought a few players across with him and. And yeah, it's kind of a bit of a sort of a transition year for them as they're looking to kind of develop with this younger manager in charge. But just, yeah, just lurking just outside the playoffs, so you never know. And it did feel like a transition season. I think when we spoke about them in pre-season, that's the kind of expectations that we had for them. Have you mentioned um, his mentor on his UEFA Pro License course? A Mr. No. Jose Mourinho, apparently, yeah, in 2014. Yeah. So he's, he's kind of not worked under... Mourinho as such, but he's had advice from Mourinho, Steve Koppel, Tony Pulis, Ian Holloway. You know, he's uh, he's certainly gone out and cut his teeth under some all the big names, some, some stalwarts in the game. He has, and as we mentioned, he kind of um, there was a little bit of a, a, a regime change from extracting people out of Swindon, the Swindon lot slugs, um, and he brought along Jack Payne, uh, Joe Wallacott, and Mandel Agbo. Um, into the Charlton squad as well. We'll talk about how they fit in shortly. But yeah, it's um, it's an interesting situation there with Charlton. And this comment from here from Dylan, evening to Dylan, can Charlton be seen as a big club in League One still? Or have they fallen to a team you'd expect to be down there like Barnsley and Peterborough? I mean, we talked about the stature of Ipswich and Charlton respectively. Uh, I, I, I think Charlton are a big club at League One level, aren't they? And, and admittedly, it's probably a little bit of a reset under Ben Garner, but there's a sense of momentum building or not Seb um, an FBL yeah. tractor obviously your insights from or your Mrs. FBL tractor um, and what the fans think there it just I guess it's never really burst into life they haven't certainly we've been the beneficiaries of the takeover from Game Changer and the recruitment of McKenna and, and I think they're not really quite there are they Seb yeah, I mean, Sandsgaard took over two years ago, was it? 2020, mm. I think he took over. We know all the problems they had before that with the protests, throwing the balls on the pitch, etc. It was important for them. They got out of that kind of situation. And it was kind of described to me that he's he's certainly not a, an asset stripper or a malicious kind of owner. He's just a bit incompetent. He sounds similar to Evans, to be honest. Mm. He kind of tends to make bad appointments uh, every now and again. I see them as a as a kind of, you know, as a, as a, a big club. I don't class them in the same category as I would us, Derby and Sheffield Wednesday, um, probably because of the, maybe the history side of things I'm not sure yeah. but certainly on that rung below with the likes of you know Barnsley and uh, and other such likes you know and, and even Bradford in the league below you know they're kind of sides that in the past have been much further up the pecking order so I, I do see them as a big club I think they probably naturally should be in the championship as should we as should Derby as should Sheffield Wednesday they've just got to get that ownership right because at the moment it's kind of holding them back but I, I kind of admire what he's looking to do here you know it's a brave decision to go and sack your you know your club captain legend of a uh, of a manager and bring in a relatively unknown guy i mean he had a, kind of like had a paul one. hurst recruitment isn't it kind of that was oh, this God, admittedly <laughs> a level lower where the, the risk yeah. is, is less but uh, try and find the best coach in the division below and ironically you know paul hurst couldn't get shrewsbury shrewsbury in the playoffs they were i think shrewsbury playoff were. final they lost to Rotherham, yeah. didn't they two so, two you know, one, team, i think a, a, you know Manager that couldn't get through the playoffs, but highly rated young English manager. Yeah. Um, and I think, uh, yeah, I, I kind of like what they're trying to do there. But yeah, I do. I think probably they're a little bit behind the curve of some other teams that you've you mentioned. Talk to us about his style of play, sir. So the formation, he was very much a 4-3-3 kind of guy at Swindon, but he's had to curb that slightly at, at Charlton. So it'll either be a 4-4-2 or a 4-2-3-1. It's quite easy in game from the looks of the, the heat maps and stuff to see how it can just simply kind of flick flick between the two. It's likely to be Joe Wallacott in goal. He's better with his feet than the first choice goalkeeper, Craig McGivery, uh, according to FPL Tractor. So he's got, got the nod. He's obviously brought him across from Swindon. He, he'll be the goalkeeper. Uh, right back should be Mandela Egbo, another one he's brought across from, from Swindon. A and Connell will be one of the centre-backs. They got Ryan Innes sent off. We discussed the red card. Mm. Um, he's now serving the first of a two-match ban. So there's two th- trains of thought of what he will do to, to plug that hole. He'll either shift Claire inside from left-back uh, to slot into the left-sided centre-back position and then presumably look to bring in Steven Sessegnon, who I assume is one of the many Sessegnon brothers um, 
ones at Fulham. Ones it's online for Fulham, Spurs, isn't I think. He? Yeah, online for Fulham. I think there's where the main the main ones at the one who's amazing on football manager. He's at Spurs, isn't he? He's kind of a left wing back, left attacking kind of forward. Uh, he's pr- probably going to come in in the in the left back position, or they'll bring in Sam Lavelle, who is an out and out centre back, but is pretty injury prone. Or Terrell Thomas might well come in. He was picked up towards the end of the window from having been re- released. He he might come in and and plug that gap midfield. George Dobson will whoa, be whoa, the whoa. kind. Of, sorry, let me have, let me have a say on some stuff. Sorry, um, go on. Yeah, Innes is a in a big miss, I think, because yes. not only is uh, he's a physical presence at the back, but he scored a, a header from a corner, I think, against Portsmouth. So that's a really big miss there. In terms of the wide players, it's no surprise that. Egbo, Sessegnon, both pacey wing-backs. So the white players will will look to bomb on, won't they? So, yeah, some, a little bit of a headache there for Ghana, which I guess is a positive thing for us. But, yeah, Innes from set-pieces, and we know to our cost in recent weeks, um, you know, I'm not... Have they got a long-throw specialist? Uh, or should I ask FPL Track to that? Ask FPL Track to that one, yeah. I'll be honest, but I don't know. The aerial bombardment, I think you guys talked about on Tuesday, is going to be a lesser impact within, with Innes out of the team. So... Yeah, sorry. Let me give you a chance to have a little input as well because I've, I've I've watched some I've watched the game Seb. I've watched I've watched some highlights. So well done, talk to mate. me about Job Jobson. I like George Dobson. George Dobson, I like him as well. Yeah, player of the season last year. He'll be the the central midfield kind of the sitter and looking to protect those those defenders and kind of you know mop up play and 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 kind of keep keep things ticking over neat and tidy. And then Mr. Fraser is currently mm. playing the the second man in the midfield too. Uh, go on, feel free. Wax lyrical about the sliding doors career of Scott Fraser. I didn't think he was that good to be honest with you. I mean, you know, we we played him out of position. He always didn't he always say he was best on the left of a three man central midfield and we kind of played him left wing number 10 occasionally and never really got going for him but he, he's playing in a in a in a midfield two there three assists so far this season so he had a bit of a horrible time when he joined him. i think he had covid and did injury mm. issues we never really got going last season but looking back to his, his his best this season so that'll be the the kind of the midfield two. go on wax lyrical about him if you want to well i, th- I think he's got a joint the joint highest number of um key chances created so i think people have failed to convert his chances that he's created. So his assist number could be higher. He scored a few goals as well. I think I just, I he's got three. Yeah. I think he's one of those players who sees things that other players can't. Now I know that in league one level in particular, that's quite a luxury. Clearly he's not like the most mobile. He's not going to get, he's not a box to box midfielder, but in terms of creativity, in terms of positioning, in terms of knowing where to be, in terms of picking a pass, um, playing across, making an assist, um, and I, I won't talk about his penalties. I think he's a classy player. I'm not going to say he's he's the best player in Charlton's team, and nor will I say he was the best signing that we made last season. Sometimes it's just about fit, and I think he's a good player. He's well rated at MK. We forget, you know, he, he just raked in the assists. Oh, his numbers Dons. were brilliant when we signed him. Yeah, I thought we literally solved all of our creative issues in one signing. I think, and, and I think the failure of that signing was more down to us. You know, we splurged a lot of money, brought a lot of players in, and I was quite unpopular at the time saying, sometimes I think we just signed players because we could, rather than having a plan for them and knowing where they wanted to be. And I think Fraser, like Louis Barry as well, and I think Louis Barry is a different case, but I think Scott Fraser is a classy midfielder, and I think he gets in the midfield in most teams in League One. I'm not saying he's a championship player, but anyway. I like him. Continue. We were so preoccupied to think if we could, we didn't stop and think if we should. Name the film. Name the film. Jurassic Park. There you go. You've had Batman and Jurassic Park tonight. Oh, yeah. Do the Jeff Goldblum voice. What? Topless. (laughs) (laughs) In a weird, a weird open button. There's an image. Move on. Move on. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, 
protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC Match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with McDelivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Talk uh, to me on about the right, Raksaki, who I like. Yeah, Raksaki on loan from Crystal Palace, which is surprising because aren't they big rivals? I know they're in different divisions, they're kind of living apart, but, you know, both kind of South London sides, I presume there was a pretty... And they're, and they're Papasaurs last year, I think, the left back on, either on loan or signed from Palace. So maybe it's a friendly kind of rivalry. He'll be the right wing option. I like him, uh, direct, pacey. And then, like I was saying earlier, they can flip from a 4-4-2 to a 4 3 one because he simply pushes... Slightly, slightly kind of higher up the pitch. Uh, they've had, uh, what's he called? Corey Taylor Blackett's Mr. Blackett Taylor, sorry, has missed the last two with a muscle abductor injury. But apparently, according to Ghana today, he's back. Um, I presume he'll come straight back in on the left-hand side. And then the attacking options is Charlie Kirk. Now, he's a strange one. He was really highly rated at crew, wasn't he? He got the move to, to Charlton. And they sent him up to, to Blackpool in the championship last year. So I kind of thought, oh, you'll naturally kind of, you know, take him on loan with a view to buy him. But it didn't work out for him there. He's, he's, he's back down at Charlton this year. And they've got issues in the other kind of striking position. Miles Lieburn, son of Charlton legend Carl, is injured. He's done his um, ligaments. So I think he's out for a, for, for a little while. They had the weird Macaulay-Bond saga, didn't they, at the end of the deadline? Mm. So they were clearly trying to get a striker in. I don't know if that was a loan or a permanent or if it was meant it's to alone. be a loan. They wanted a permanent, but it all fell through kind of very, very last minute. So they are kind of not, not overly blessed with options up front. So it's likely that club captain Jaden Stockley uh, will, will be the, the kind of the, the up front option he scored. Yeah, you can still find him. He scored against us last year. Kind of a classic target man mould, according to FBL Tractor. And they've also got uh, Chucks, what's he called? Chucks Aniki as well, who is an option, but apparently he's quite slow these days and, you know, he's not really up to it anymore. So likely to be Charlie Kirk, who will drop off. He will drift out wide left, looking from his heat map and look to link up play with uh, Blackett Taylor on the on the left-hand side. And Stockley will be the focal point, the kind of one that Edmondson and Wolfenden might have their hands full dealing with. He'll look to kind of hold the ball up, bring others into play and use his strength to really kind of, you know, make it stick up front. Any other names you want to mention? No. In those options? Are you sure? Yeah, you've got the amazingly named, I love this, this is brilliant. You've got the amazingly named Tyrese Anthony Tupac Shakur Campbell. That's a br- that's brilliant. That's phenomenal. He played left wing the other night. He's a forward. He played left wing the other night. But what a what a phenomenal, brilliant name that is. I was going to get this script full of two-pack quotes, the, the safe ones, obviously. Um, <laughs> but, I, but I kind of figured it'd be wasted on you. We were very different when we were at school. You were kind of muse and guitars and Ozzy Osbourne and goth stuff. And I was trying to be like I was from the, the west side of LA or whatever. So Drive I didn't think I, I, with your subwoofer, yeah? that's the one. Yeah. I thought it would go, uh, go way over your head. So I left them all out. The only thing I, the, uh, I'm trying to get a pun on thugs mansion, but I can't, that's the only two pack song that I know that, or at least is vaguely that's family. The friendly. Only one, you know, well, that's fair. There's, yeah, there's family friendly. That's safe. Okay. Work. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. So yeah, let's move it on. If anyone's got any, yeah, get your two pack songs in the, in the chat. Safe um, ones, please. Safe. I, I'll only put the ones that are safe up on the screen. In terms of, we've, we've talked about the kind of style of play that Ben Garner wants. I mean, possession-wise, it's pretty decent. And pass accuracy, pretty decent as well. Do you good. have any key stats you want to draw to our attention? Yeah, very good. So 55.8% possession overall, which is the fourth best in the league. That's slightly lower when they play at the Valley, down to 56.5%. Um, so yeah, they are kind of possession you know, masters. They've got the best passing accuracy in the league as well. 80.2% overall and 82.7% at home. So they keep the ball and they like to, you know, they're pretty accurate when they when they work it around the pitch. 11.8 shots per game, which is 16th. That's not great at all. A uh, bit higher at home at the Valley with 13.5, but even that is only 13th. So not amazing for kind of uh, for, for, for shots 4.2 of those shots are on target per game so again not great slightly higher at the valley 5.5 but again not that amazing 17 of their goals have come from open play two from set pieces two from counters they do look to hit sides on the <laughs> Sorry, break but, i have to stop you there like most of their goals come from open play everyone just in case right. in case you didn't notice that bit well, no but if you're looking at a wickham for example it's a trend isn't it that you can see a natural increase of 
you're on one tonight, aren't you? I'm yeah, just well. mischievous tonight. It's because I didn't then, do my. I didn't. I only watched the highlights. I didn't do my usual nerdy analysis. So um, okay. Yeah. Let's get. Let's get. Let's pull out some outlying stats, though. The what other outlying the- one is they are second in the league for short passing at home with 427. Now this is massively inflated from Tuesday night, where bizarrely they. It, well, I have to double check this, and I think it is right. They had 677 passes on Tuesday night against MK, which seems mental. Yeah. I checked it on two different sites and it was, yeah. it was accurate I on both. They muck around at the back. Maybe, yeah, potentially. Lambert maybe we, we averaged 399 passes away from home to give you an idea of a, you know, a bit of an outlier kind of. So it's going to be two sides that like to, to keep the ball and are very accurate with the passing when they do it. One stat that I did find in my very brief bit of research um, they are third on average dribbles per game, seven get per game on average dribbles. So that wide, those wide positions, as I mentioned, that's where the, the threat will come from. And yeah, 17 Raksaki is the one, is the yeah. one to watch out for. And um, we've got some, <laughs> we've got more. So Mullet's got changes. Will there be changes? Yeah. So we'll talk about us was, in a second. Um, Mark hasn't even a, bothered. That's a, two, Mark, that's a two pack reference, you know. Yeah. Mark's got California Love. I, is that just two pack or is that? No, I thought that was a collab, wasn't it? Dr. Dre, isn't it? Yeah, with featuring yeah. Tupac, I think is the term. See, I don't know. No, I'm not, yeah, I'm not. I was going to put troublesome when I was talking about the um, NCR incident after the Charlton game last year. I was going to say that was troublesome. I that see. was in there. When they lost to Charlton, oh, sorry, when they lost to MK midweek, I was going to say life goes on. There's, there's so many you can choose from, but they would have all been wasted on you. I, there you go, I kids. I need to know my audience. Here's Craig, not much Tupac on Popmaster. There you go. You guys are on your own, yeah. <laughs> Feels like a missed opportunity. Maybe, maybe Potmaster in ten years' time. That's where that's where it will evolve to. Let's they're finally talk about us. <laughs> the new words. They're like they're like the poets of our generation. Jules mentioned it at the top. Morsey is your first choice midfielder. Who's oh, alongside yeah. him? For me, Dominic Ball. I, I know it's harsh on Humphreys. Goal and assist on Tuesday night, but you know it's going to be a tough game down at the Valley. And for me, it needs to be Ball and Morsey in the middle. And I guess Kamara. He, he won't feature on the bench tomorrow, so Humphrey will get the central. The central midfield. You'll get comments of the night. I have to read it out for great listening. I'm in my 50s. I dribble more than Charlton. There you go, Jules. Thanks for so, that. That's a quality contribution. For me, Humphreys will, will drop down to the bench. It's harsh, but you know what a great option to bring off the bench if needed. And it'll be Ball and Morsey in the centre tomorrow. I, I, I bet my house on it. Oh, <laughs> I'll clip that one up for later on. Um, who's playing up front? Well, this. <laughs> We, Mikey asked me this on, on Wednesday night and, you know, we always try and predict and we normally always get it completely wrong. Um, I'd like to see Edwards retain his place somewhere mm-hmm. in the side. He was a real bright spark, wasn't he, on Tuesday night? But he's done the pre-match presser today, hasn't he? So what have we got a correlation yet? Do we know that the, the person put forward for media duties plays or is dropped? There must be enough. So I got, in, got a spreadsheet on it. I got in trouble in the Telegram group for... So Richard Keogh did it before Derby, I think. And me and Dan Connor, I don't know if, it, if it, Dan is on the, he was at Port Vale, wasn't he? Um, is in the chat. Yep. And he said that um, everyone who's done the pre-match presser has generally been in the team. So okay. Keo is the first one, I think, that wasn't. He was the exception. So I don't think you can draw many conclusions from it as a short answer set. So being in a way day, I think it might be Edwards, Tyrese John-Jules and Caden Jackson. That's what I'm going to go for. It's harsh on the dapper, obviously two goals in midweek, but you wouldn't be surprised being in a away game. You know, McKenna might look to kind of stretch the play. Uh, if they're used to keeping the ball, he'll want to kind of draw them in and use the likes of Edwards and Jackson's pace to kind of hit them on the on the counter. So I wouldn't be surprised if those three start. What do you think you'll do with it? Do you think the dapper will retain his place after his midweek showing? Yeah, I do. I think I think McKenna, and we again, this is, I need to um, big up the Telegram group. If you're not a member of it, um, do join us, particularly given the takeover of Twitter has finally happened from you-know-who. So if you're looking for an escape from the crazy world that is Twitter, then the Telegram group is fantastic for our for our discussions, our matchday chat, and first two weeks is, a, is free on us. So, so do get involved in that. And we talked about McKenna waiting for an opportunity to make a number nine or a, the, the, the number nine a, a regular starter. No one has given him the opportunity to do that yet because the form has been inconsistent. And I think Ladapo's two goals, you know, I was quite outspoken about his his sub cameo against Derby. I didn't think he had done particularly well, but everyone corrected me and and everyone was looking for different things than maybe I was. And I thought his two goals su- suggested an, a situational awareness that means I would start him. I really would. And I'd, I'd have Harness in there. I thought Harness worked hard. 
on Tuesday night and I would also play Edwards as well. So there's my prediction for you. Harness, Edwards, Ladapo. I think I'd rather he starts Ladapo. I like it when Ladapo leads the line. For me, Jackson has a lot of qualities, but maybe not necessarily through the middle. I guess if he plays, maybe it'll be Tyrese John Jules to the middle in my in my lineup of Edwards, John Jules, and Jackson. Maybe Jackson will be, you know, out wide to maybe keep uh Raki Saki, Raksaki pushed back um potentially. But We'll find out at 2 p.m. tomorrow. As always, I'm sure McKenna will spring a, a surprise or two. Vincent Young's back as well, isn't he? So I guess he might go back onto the uh, uh, back onto the bench. Um, and we've just still got the, the longer-term ones of Greg Lee and Sonny Aluko, I guess, still out. Let us know in the chat. Oh, whether and had, you, me, had oh, me as well. Had me close. And Lee was doing stuff for the foundation this week as well. So mm-hmm. hopefully he's close as well. Um, arguably, Leaf Davis probably. Is Leaf Davis player of the month for October? Question mark. Great shout, to be fair. Yeah, great shout. Put it in the put it in the comments. I th- I think he's yeah. I think he's really grown into that role. Uh, I do worry if we were to lose him for an injury. I presume he'll get a break against the likes of Bracknell. And hope we mm. get in the the pizza cup. He can bring in you know Humphreys can play there if, if need be, or he can look to bring to bring somebody in. Albie Armin, I think is a is a left back, isn't he? He could look, maybe look to kind of slot in there and just give Davis a bit of a breather because he's kind of been you know relentless and he's he's so fit getting up and down the uh, up and down the the touch lines, isn't he? He's, he's such a great player you can see it's money well well spent we're going to recoup that money you know many times over if he eventually has to depart us uh, good old chat thank you guys um mark met least had a brace on uh, okay. doing foundation as does uh, you guys have the attention i just saw the images i didn't even watch the video and that's the kind of attention to detail that puts you in the host chair for the blue monday podcast pre-match show let us know in the comments your thoughts on who starts who's we, we mentioned it, as we said jules question this right at the top who do you have alongside morsey if it is morsey if anyone's playing um continuing with ball and humphreys let us know um who's your front three as well keen to get those and obviously predictions which is where we're going to shortly as well want to hear your score predictions in terms of bits and pieces of admin we've mentioned telegram we've mentioned the live show do come and join us for that it's going to be a lot of fun um a lot of cool stuff that um we're trying to keep under wraps rather than reveal too much but we might start teasing a few bits and pieces um if you've uh, made it this far and you're watching on youtube give us a thumbs up and a subscribe if you haven't already thank you to steven on facebook who've given a thumbs up over there appreciate that Uh, the flagship show is back on sunday and i think we've got three guys actually at the game i think I, I believe Craig is in the host chair, maybe. Craig versus Mikey. They'll do paper, scissors, stone, Bullard and um, Andrew Styley, Keith Andrew Styley, to figure out who hosts. And I think Joe is joining them in the third chair. So join them live on, on Sunday night, 8 p.m. to talk through Charlton. Um, and anything else there? But obviously it's not, a, um, it's not a home match this week, but if you are in the Ipswich area and you are looking for a, a great place for a relaxing pint or a lovely glass of wine and some lovely food and surroundings, do head down to the Greyhound, our partners for the pre-match show. Fantastic place to go on a match day and a non-match day. And we're very excited to head back there. For Cheltenham, actually, when's the next home game, Seb? Is it Cheltenham? No. It is because we're away at Bracknell, aren't we, in the FA Cup next Monday night. So just a caveat as well, there will be very little research done on Bracknell for whatever <laughs> the pre-match show looks like last week because I did look on the website, so I'm look at They do exist, they are on there, but as soon as you click on the name, everything disappears. So you might have to give us a bit of a break with that one. But yeah, that's the next. Cheltenham is the next the next home game, the next victory, and then obviously the live show afterwards in the Bobby Robson suite. Oh, Stein. Pressure. And merch and all that kind of stuff. Um, Blue Monday, itfc.co.uk. There you go. Seb is, for those of you who are watching, Seb is pointing to My the hoodie. shirts behind him. So let's, um, let's do some predictions, Seb. And... Uh, we knew that it would backfire involving telegram members. It was just setting us up to look really stupid. And lo and behold, Matt Makin turns out to be a low key predictions genius. Here are the scores from, um, for a couple of weeks back now, isn't it? Um, is this right? No, I've got the wrong weekend. Haven't I? That's the, Yeah. What have I done there? I've screwed I don't up. Know what anyway. you've done. We didn't do it last week for the Derby game. Me and Ben didn't we do didn't it last do week. We didn't do it for Derby. because Yeah, we missed yeah, that one off. Yeah, few. So we're a few weeks back. Yeah. But lots of red here. Not a particularly vintage weekend for anyone. But two correct scores for Matt is enough for the win. 
and enough to keep him um, retained as the representative on behalf of Telegram. So Matt wins the week by, well, by three points, Seb. That's an embarrassment, isn't it? So, I'm used um, to it, I'll be honest, mate. Oh, point, yeah, good point. I'm, I'm embarrassment for me. I feel regardless. like I've let everyone down. No, well done, Matt. Brilliant stuff. Um, and Matt gets to, um, what should we list? Matt's done us a little video with this prediction. Should we let Matt go first, Seb? Let's, yeah, go for let's it. Let's hear from Matt. So, first fixture, Barnsley, Forest Green Rovers. I'm predicting a one-all draw. Neither team's in great form. Uh, Bolton, Oxford. I think that's going to be a 3-1 home win for Bolton. They're scoring a lot of goals at the moment. Um, Oxford's form generally quite poor. Um, uh, the big one for us, Charlton v Ipswich. Uh, I'm going to go big. I'm going to say that Ipswich are going to win it 3-1. I think um, Sammy Morty back in the middle of the field um, would be great. And there was some, despite sort of obviously having a little bit of uh, an issue sort of going, going uh, back to 2 all from 2-0, um, I think uh, we, we've got enough. We've got goals there. Um, I, th- I don't think we'll keep a clean sheet because I think we are a little bit frail at the back. Um, and really, though, it is all dependent on which Cheltenham turns up. Um, Cheltenham, Milton Keynes, I've gone for a 0-0. Uh, Derby Bristol Rovers um, I think that's going to be a 2-1 win for Bristol they've had some good results lately against big teams I think they can frustrate Derby and I think they can make a win uh, Fleetwood Accrington I'm going 0-0 as well uh, Peterborough Cambridge I think that's going to be a 2-0 win for Peterborough I uh, should be fairly comfortable for Peterborough I don't think uh, Cambridge will cause them many concerns uh, Port Vale Lincoln obviously two teams we've played recently both have impressed me. Uh, I think they might cancel each other out. I'm going for a scoring two-all draw. Um, Portsmouth through Shrewsbury. I think that's going to be a one-nil win for Pompey. I don't think they're going to score many goals, but uh, I think they'll edge it. Um, Sheffield Wednesday v Burton. I think uh, Wednesday have obviously been frustrating the last couple of games, dropping points, which has been great for us. But I think at home they'll be looking to, to bounce back. And you know, I think Burton probably not going to be playing them at a good time when they're going to be out to score a few goals. Uh, Wickham Wanderers Morecambe I'm going for 1-0 to Wickham and then the final one which is probably one of the tastiest fixtures um, coming up in this set Plymouth Exeter um, haven't been back down there recently for Plymouth away I've forgotten just how much those two hate each other and they've not been in the same division for a couple of seasons so I think that's going to be a hotly contested one and I think oh god I'm just going to have the quality to edge it and that's why I'm going with 3-2 to Plymouth um, right, fingers crossed and uh Back to you, Rich. Professional. Hand it back to me. Love that. Um, let's let's put the scores up on the screen here and have a look at what um, Matt was going for there. Um, we both fancy Barnsley against Forest Green. It was an interesting one that he's not backing um, Barnsley at home. Well, they've there, lost but... the last two, to be fair, haven't they? They're not in great mm. form. I just, yeah, I just, I just, I think they'll turn it around and Norwood will probably get a goal. And they'll, they'll, I think they'll win that one. No surprises. They're all backing Bolton. Oxford are weird, aren't they? Um, they're just not going to get going, I don't think, this season, yeah. to be honest. They're, you know, they're down there with the likes of MK and even Wickham to a certain degree. They kind of have little fits and starts here and there, but they can't get any kind of consistency together. We'll come back to Charlton Ipswich. Um, Charlton MK is a game I'm really... It's another one of these round of fixtures where there's a lot of meh games in there. So we'll skip through these at a pace, but I'm going for a draw there. I think... MK probably yeah I think MK might sneak it now they've got Isa back they've got a few more options you know in the final third and they'll be they'll be buoyant after Tuesday night won't they so I think they'll sneak that one we've made the mistake well I've made the mistake of backing Bristol Rovers I'm not doing that at home um, away to Derby did you see um, Joey Barton shared his tactics board did you see that well I saw uh, did he share it or did someone leak it or oh uh, okay right I just saw sure. the I saw the article on the BBC it wasn't particularly incisive it wasn't inspiring was it no I thought that it seemed pretty common sense it was like start well press start well high. maintain yeah. momentum yeah. all that Squeezes, kind of stuff but yeah <laughs> yeah not particularly exciting there Fleetwood Accrington again meh a lot of you guys have gone nil-nils. I just think Fleetwood have got home advantage. Peterborough, Cambridge, a little bit of his, a local derby, is it? Um, we're all going Peterborough. I'd love a 3-2 there. That'd be fun, wouldn't it? We, but are we down on Cambridge at the moment? I'm not too sure. They're is it more in, about Peterborough? Not, they won the last one before. They, I think they lost four on the bounce, didn't they? They sort of were kind of fifth when our game was postponed with them, and they've kind of just dropped right off it. Lovely goal by Lancaster. Um, mm. I think it was like the last weekend or, or on Tuesday night midweek, one of them, it's got a really nice goal. But I guess that is a derby, but Peterborough for me will see that one pretty come. What did I get? Well, 3-1, wasn't it? 
Yeah, three one. Yeah, with, both with the firepower they've got, they'll win that quite comfortably. Port Vale Lincoln again struggling to get excited about that. I think Port Vale, having seen that stupid pitch, um, <laughs> Let I it go. kind of move I'm on. I've given them the home advantage over Lincoln. You're going for a, my trident. There's a lot more one ones featuring in your predictions. Oh, is there? Oh, that's Whoa. weird. What what a strange coincidence. Evil, evil. Um, Port Vale's true. Um, sorry, Portsmouth Shrewsbury. We're all going for home wins there. No particular surprises. Same for Sheffield Wednesday Burton. But are you a little bit worried about Darren Moore booze at full time midweek? We said I don't know whether that was the, for the ref or for something else. But we said it on the one to twelve. It's two two draws on the bounce, isn't it? We said it in the one to twenty four with Gab at the start of the season. I did say I think if they start slowly with the owner they've got and the fan base they've got, if they turn on him. I wouldn't have been surprised if he was one of the first ones to go. He needs to kind of keep pace with us in Plymouth because if they if they drop too far off it and we saw the crowd at, uh, at Hillsborough that time, you know, they're very vociferous and they're very loud and, you know, they will make their feelings well known. And if he's, you know, he's got a lot of pressure there. He's been backed heavily in the window. He needs to make sure he's keeping pace, at least with us, to take advantage when when we slip up or Plymouth slip up. And, and, and they, he's building a little bit of pressure there for himself. The trouble is they are so reliant on Bannon, aren't they? If, if Bannon has an off night or, you know, just isn't fully at it, if, if the rest of the teammates aren't on the same wavelength, they kind of really struggle. It's, I think it's a bit worrying to be so dependent on one person. Uh, we've gone Wickham around a one nils there. No surprises there. Pretty, um, probably more an indictment of Morecambe. And then we're all backing wins for Plymouth over Exeter. Um, you guys are expecting three goals there. We do. We need to talk about Plymouth. Are they massively overperforming their XG and goals. For, just don't really correlate, do they? Does that you're suggest- better at this stuff there than I am with regards to XG and stuff. But all the data would suggest that this isn't sustainable. Is, is that correct? It Everything kind of feels seen- like yeah. So when we were remember at the start of the 2017-18 season, we started the season really well, didn't we? Was that when we but, scored with like every shot we had on yeah, target? So our yeah. XG was pretty low, but our goal yeah. score was really high, and eventually that caught up with us. Now Plymouth have got quality players. And have clearly found a way of playing that wins matches. But a lot of their goals scored are from around and just outside the 18-yard box. And you kind of get the sense that at some point, XG would class those as low-quality chances because you're a a long way from goal. If they've got players who know how to score from range, and if teams are going to, you know, going to drop off them and not press them around the 18-yard box, then they'll just be picked off, won't they? So maybe Plymouth have found a model that works, I guess, as Ipswich fans and the rest of League One, You've got to hope that the goals from range are going to dry up at some point. And then will they be able to create other chances to to continue to to win matches? It's the it's the big question mark. We'll see if they can they can sustain it. But we're all going for a home win there. No surprises. And then controversially, I think it's a round of controversial predictions. I, I guess I shouldn't critique Matt's too much. And do get your predictions in for Ipswich Charlton. That's where we're coming to next. He's gone for a 3-1 away win. I'm, I can't see a scoring three, but I'd love to be wrong. But we're both going for draws. Explain yourself, Seb. Well, I asked you in the green room if I could change it. I was torn on this all day between head versus heart. My 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 heart kind of thought a cheeky little one nil victory, you know, get back to to restricting them on chances and, and and kind of, you know, looking to nullify any kind of threat. Hopefully we've improved a little bit from set pieces and just, you know, sneak a sneak a one nil win and head out of South London with the points in our pockets. But the more I thought about it, I don't know why I've got this nagging doubt about this game. If they hadn't lost to to MK uh, in midweek, I probably would have taken a point before kickoff, but they are slightly more vulnerable. Now, I, I just think a one-all is logical. You've got two teams that really like to keep the ball, that pass it around a lot, that are very accurate with their passing. And I just wonder if that might kind of lead to them sort of cancelling each other out and it might not be a, a, a game of that many chances. We know they don't have that many shots on target. Um, I just think that we might kind of cancel it out a little bit and I'm going for the one-all, I think. Uh, you sticking with it? Yeah, you said I couldn't change my mind. So. I did say that. I did say that. Um, but if it's a tie next week and that is the definitive scoreline that means I lose, I, I should be allowed to reinstate my one. Of course. Let's, Thanks. let's just change the rules. Just to, oh, You did. Yeah. Literally every week last year. Yeah, well, that's bollocks, isn't it? Though? So, um, <laughs> I think I do, put, I do subscribe to some of the thoughts that we've had earlier in the game that Tuesday took a lot out of us. I think Charlton at home... Good record. Defeat to MK might be a bad thing for us rather than a good thing. It'd be great if, you know, Charlton's form 
drops off because of that MK defeat and we can take advantage. But I would expect them to want to bounce back. And I think MK was more of an outlier than anything else. Um, I would happily take a point on the back of two previous wins you know it's, well exactly we've we've done the hard work haven't we you know we maintain the two points per game like ben said on the live show last week maintain mm-hmm. two points per game and you'll be fine and we've done that already with the derby and the port vale win so yep. in some ways anything we get tomorrow is a is a bonus and because i always um as we always say the channing uh you the jonah hill to your channing team there's a third movie reference we've gone so we've gone to some places decent decent pop culture tonight we've been yeah we've been all over the place tonight um let's see what the folks say in the chat we've got a one one a late goal for town michael's going for some drama um chris is back in matt's prediction for a three one away win um i'd love to see that um jaws wants a two one um, his mullet, as always, four 0 <laughs> Default answer. Hat trick, and we going up by going up by ten points. Whatever he always says. Davis to yeah, not having that. Uh, Davis to score would be great. I think Davis deserves a goal for yeah. to He's round closer, out his he? He is getting closer. Eric Clacton's gone for a two-one defeat, but we, you know, no, there's no incorrect predictions at this point until the game. Until my answers get shown next week. Yeah, until Seb's put up. Um, Gary's backing me with, oh no, he's, yeah, he's backing me, Ladapo Chappers. Um, yeah, Chaplin, we haven't mentioned him, Seb. Did he's been quiet. Him to be on the bench? Yeah, he's been quiet. Morecambe away, I, I was there and he didn't have a great first half and he missed the penalty. And I think he did he drop out for the next game on the bench. Was it Lincoln? I can't remember. I think he was on the bench, maybe not. But he's not been firing. He just needs a goal, doesn't he? You know, he'll score mm. a goal at some point. It'll be absolutely fine. I'm not overly worried about it. He was so good, wasn't he, in September, was it? He got the player of the month and got the two goals at Accrington and the the, the free uh, the goal against Bristol Rose I think it was and yeah he was he was brilliant in September it was always going to be difficult to maintain those those standards he just needs a goal and he'll be absolutely fine I've got no real long-term worries about it agrees Mark's going for a 2-1 big Fred goal machine up and running and Sully this feels like a good place to end 3-0 easy peasy we shall see next week how we got on So final stretch here, if you want to shout out, if you want to give us a lineup prediction or another score prediction, if you haven't got it in so far, now is your opportunity. As we mentioned before, we're brought to you in partnership with our friends at the Greyhound, um, Blue Monday, ITFC.co.uk for merch, for Telegram, for live event tickets, um, for links to our YouTube and our podcast feeds. If you are listening, if you're on the coach, the train, the car, the bus, the bike, on foot, listening as you go to the ground tomorrow um, let us know we love hearing from folk who are traveling around listening to the pod on a match day send us a photo get involved in the telegram match day chat as well that's always good fun and join us on sunday at 8 p.m for the flagship show with craig and the guys talking about it um, and do as always thumbs up subscribe five star reviews all that cool stuff and we do appreciate your support so thank you everyone who's joined us tonight and for your comments always appreciate the pre-match chat um let's just have um some quick scroll through the comments before we go um what we got here a lot of stuff chat about oh interesting um have you noticed that edmondson seems to get stuck in the corner and that's to clear of course very specific point michael i can't say i've noticed that um, I haven't. No, I, yeah, we, I can't. We like to play either. out rather than hoof it down the line, though. Um, yeah. Interesting thought from FEO Track to Cambridge have been bad since. Bonnet Great point. Now. Yeah, yeah, they have, haven't they? Yeah, everyone was a bit surprised, I think, when he when when Taylor went there instead from Exeter. But but yeah, that's a that's a very valid point. They have. I guess they were overachieving. They weren't. There, let's be honest. When they were fifth coming to Portman Road and the, the weekend that the Queen passed away, you know, we we knew they wouldn't stay up there for the rest of the year. But they have kind of dropped off a little bit. Mark Beck, Player of the Year, Harper with a man of the match performance against Plymouth. Hopefully that will be good. Agent Harper. I don't think when Craig isn't on the show, Mark, I'm not. You don't need to stick the Player of the Year thing in there. I'm, we don't subscribe to that nonsense that Craig has has basically painted himself into a corner. And I hope he's still listening to that. Um, a lot of chat about um, Barry Bannon. Interestingly. Um, Jules wants Bannon to get injured. <laughs> then they're knackered, yeah. We'd never Hello. wish ill on anybody, but no, yeah, we do that, not. that would Hello. be great. Um, I think it, he's not wishing injury. He's if, it's a hypothetical if, if. but it, yeah. Uh, yeah, we've had Sheffield Wednesday fans here before, I'm sure, I'm sure they would say different to that. Uh, Mark's, um, um, I'd say he wouldn't be unhappy with a point 
against Charlton, considering their form. But we have the quality to win. I think that's fair. Fully rested Morsey will make a huge difference. Agree with that. Bluey wants a Morsey screamer. And he wants a 3-1. I think we can all get on board with that. Fingers crossed. Um, FBL track to someone on this sofa. Unnamed. 1-0 to the mighty Charlton. FBL track to thank you. And thank you to your other half for all your insights that powered our pre-match tonight. We really appreciate you a beer that. in the ground next time you're there. We do owe you a beer. Thanks to Charlie for joining us. Um, Michael's still boasting about the weather. 28 degrees. Love that. Andrew, thank you for joining us. Craig is still here. See everyone Sunday evening. If not the game, do say hi to the folks from Team Blue Monday if you see us there. Um, FBO Tractor. David's off to the Greyhound when he comes to Ipswich. Love that. We definitely um, owe you a pint as well, David. Or two. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Um, cheers, Jules. Cheers, Mike. Um, there you go, Stephen. Um, Lineker-esque Ladapo. Go Freddy. That's what we want. Seb, as always, I would say thank you to you, mate. Thank you for all of your quotes, film quotes, the imagery of Jeff Goldblum, topless. Um, bring on the live show, says Sully. Um, thank you, as always, for your hard work. I'll let you sign off. Have a great time tomorrow. 3,000 fans or so go in there. It's been a crazy month of fixtures. Let's end it with six victories, which is phenomenal at the start of it. And as always, come on, you blues. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.